Here at So Here's the Thing, we value participating in your local community. Last season, we did a land acknowledgement before every episode, and although our intention was to honor indigenous communities where we live, because we are a digital publication, not everyone listens from the same tribal land. This season, we are taking 25% of our profits from ads and Patreon and donating it to the Duwamish tribe through Real Rent Duwamish. We encourage you to use the website native-land.ca to look up your local tribes and find ways to forge authentic relationships and donate to them directly. to So Here's the Thing. I'm Grace. And I'm not Carly. Carly decided that she doesn't love us anymore um, and went to go live in Disney World. Or more accurately, her parents are celebrating their 30th mm-hmm. wedding anniversary. I don't like that you looked at me for that. I don't know. I'm not the one that I feel remembers like, those yes, details. I think they got married shortly after my parents and I, they just celebrated their 30th not that long ago. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, they're in Disney World right now and I think that they're having a great time, it sounds like, without us. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so Carly. today we will be taste testing this week's crumble cookies, which I'll be honest, after thinking about the cookies from the Valentine's Day week that we had, to be honest, it was a bit of a dud. Mm-hmm. Um, we still love the cookies. Very, we very enjoy plain. the exploration, but very, very plain. This, this is up my alley right here. Because look at these guys. We got a mint chip. The donut one is like, whatever. It kind of um, reminds me, though, of the Seinfeld donuts. Is that what the name is? With, with the... um. Oh, what is it called? From The Simpsons? You know, they Oh, is that what they're called? The Seinfeld Donuts? Oh, I'm probably... They might be. Don't look at me. I hardly watch The Simpsons. It does look like that donut, though. But just because I was recently at Universal, that's what it instantly made me think of. Anyway. To make it fancier, I'm going to call it The Simpsons Donut. Excellent. We love that for you. (laughs) It's The Simpsons Donut. So we have The Simpsons Donut. We have a brownie batter one, which... Very stoked for that. And then, well, I thought we were going to have to be a little bit more careful with picking the bacon off for Bex, but to be honest, I think they stiffed us a little bit on the bacon. I know, <laughs> yeah. Bacon one. Oh, so no. it won't be an Shoot. issue what a at shame. all. Do you want, do you have an order <laughs> that you want to, want to do these in? Or does uh, it matter to you? Actually, honestly, the order that we... That we have them in just, this, this yeah. way? Yeah. That we announced them in. Because... I pre- I love maple bars, and so I do. Have I feel high like we should save the best for last. I mean, like I don't know if it's going to be the best, but it feels like it probably is going to be the best. So we're gonna. Oh my god! Try very hard. I did see on the internet uh, doctor talking about crumble cookies and how they're bad for you, which is a little funny. Not like. They are. <laughs> Don't get what? me wrong. I thought this was the cure it's to like cancer. A thousand calories in every single cookie. So it's a lot, but it's also a little bit like, well, They're yeah, huge we cookies. we know. <laughs> like, I I love that you're trying to save us, Mister TikTok Doctor. But like, we are aware of how much sugar is in these cookies. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut them. Oh, right at once. You know, they'll be saying Snickers bars are also not also power not bars. power bars. Yeah. What? <laughs> Shocking. 
That's devastating news, personally. Yeah. I know for me with, with the crumble cookies, honestly, these, like, little pieces, after They're perfect, I have a couple, yeah. I can't, if I eat an I entire crumble cookie that. by itself, I mean, I would, I do. But, like, anytime I do, I'm going to have a stomach ache because they're huge. They're I, I think that, like, packed. we have developed a pretty good method of kind of, I mean, like, it's still not great for us, but, like, a pretty good method of grazing. I'm going to sneak a bite. Sorry. Okay, it's now, really officially, when Grace has her reaction to the brownie batter cookie, it's It'll be fake. inauthentic. Absolute fake. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> fake news. Ah, ah! It's fine. Okay. Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Whatever she does on Euphoria. Maddie does something. I don't know. It's a, She it, does this. Okay. She does. It's like she's like out of sight, out of mind, or something like that. And it's become an iconic line. All right. Let's taste test this mint chip. Okay. Ooh, I, already, oh, that is, I want the smaller one. Okay. Yeah, you don't need too much. Mmm, I like that the cookie has chips in it, too. That's nice. That is very nice. Yeah, it's it's a gentle enough mm-hmm. peppermint, so it doesn't taste like toothpaste. That is true. that's any time there's a minty cookie, or a minty anything, you run You're the like, risk. Mm-hmm. I think they made it creamy enough that it's yeah, the a very frosting creamy is very, frosting. It's like a mousse. <laughs> but a very cute mousse. My god, the boy mousse go, I have antlers. <laughs> They're so true, though. It's very tasty. I also, this doesn't matter as much, but I think the color is very nice. It's very soothing. I love a, I love a mint color just in general. I'm like, this is just a nice thing yeah, to look at. Can we bring back the pastels? Yeah. When that was really popular for It was. A while? And now I feel like it looks a little, It's. I hesitate to use the word chuggy because I also hate that word, but... I haven't even heard that word. Oh, that's... But I think it's already out of fashion. It was popular for, like, two weeks. Gen Z was calling, like, millennials chuggy, and it was it was a oh, word so that I was just meant, to be, meant to be cringy. <laughs> yep. Sorry. So we don't say cringy anymore. Okay. But I also I mean, don't I'd know... Like, chuggy has with. already become kind of a meme of itself. Obviously. I mean, I, mean, I don't know why... It chitty chitty ching bang. <laughs> I'm sorry. You want to you want to try that one more time? I did know what you meant, but I want to give you another opportunity. Chitty chitty bang bang. What the word makes it sound like? That's just what immediately. I'm just like chuggy chuggy chang bang in my head. I don't. I don't know. Like that's. You know what? That's all I do in my head all day is word association, which. Yeah, anyway. Right so, good. Simpson Donut. We're just the Simpson Donut. So, listen. The cookie is just a cookie. It's a sugar cookie. The glaze, glaze is nice. It is also just glaze, but I'm like, hmm, it's kind of a vibe. I really like sugar cookies. So, these ones, 100%, they are a, they're a plain sugar cookie with glaze. Texturally, but though, I like to let it sit in my mouth and melt, and it does melt very nicely in the mouth. It does. 
this is this is actually quite tasty. I think also that, you know, this is, I, we are just literally adding sugar to sugar, but I think the glaze is like a nice difference in texture. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes the frosting can like a little bit overwhelm mm -hmm. the cookie. It's like, like the mint chip one was kind of like on the verge of that. And some of them just pile the frosting on and it's too much. And this is just a nice little, like, it's a little crisp difference in texture. Yeah, it adds a little bit of texture, but yeah, it's a good shit. sugar cookie. Excellent. And this one is brownie batter. And it is still a little gooey in the middle. Oh, hopefully that cooks it all the way through. Too late now. What? <laughs> they, there's been some jokes made um, I mean, I think they're just jokes. I don't think there's, uh, this is an actual thing. I think they just hire, like, really young people at Crumble Cookie. Because the job is pretty simple and straightforward. And you get a lot of rushes during times when kids aren't at school. Um, right. But there's been a lot of, like, jokes about child labor at Crumble Cookie <gasps> and people not. Well, because, like, all the all the people they work are, like, that, the, yeah. that they hire to work are, like, between I mean, 16 and 18. too. I guess they're starting to look about older, but... <laughs> Absolutely Dutch Bros, too. I feel in a lot of ways that Crumble Cookie and Dutch Bros, like, have a similar vibe, but Crumble Cookie, they don't try to, like, be your best friend so much. I was gonna much. say, I do not get questioned about my life choices. <sighs> Dutch Bros is too much, man. I... And some people really want that. Yeah, For which is... me, it's They're too super much. friendly. Very nice, super friendly. The Starbucks level of customer <laughs> service is about my sweet spot. I'm like, yes, by all means, ask me how my day is going. I will give you a really surface level answer. We will smile at each other. I will say, have a nice day. Mm -hmm. It will be fine. Recognize me as someone that you've seen before. Very yeah, polite. Yeah, you recognize Excellent. me, that's great. But, like, I don't really want to tell you my life story. I don't really want to hear your I also just don't have the energy. Yeah. I feel bad because... It's not that the employees are not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And I hope... My hope always is that, like, they just tend to hire people who have that attitude oh, yeah. as opposed to it being, like, a smile or else. Because <laughs> every once in a while I'm like, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> um... Yeah, most of the time they're they're just. It seems like maybe that's people. who they are as people. If you that's were great. a dog and your dog would be golden retriever or lab, mm -hmm. you are a good fit to work at Dutch Bros. That is true. If people compare you to a golden retriever, you probably fit in nicely there. Yeah. Although, I don't think they pay a lot of money, so don't actually take my advice on that. I think I don't know. I have no idea. Like I. And this is, again, where I hope that there's no, like, actual scandal with the crumble cookie, like, aged workers. Because I'm like, I actually don't hate the idea. Mixed feelings about it in a world where, like, adults are struggling to find jobs. Adults with families struggle to find jobs that pay them well. But, like, I don't hate the idea of a job that's really, really simple. Mm -hmm. That's kind of... Good after school job. Right. That's kind of designed for high schoolers who don't have expenses but 
would like to start making money and start, like, understanding how to make those decisions. Like, I don't hate that idea. I just want to make sure, because I'm like, but I'm like, I don't trust it. But that's because I don't trust capitalism. <laughs> Ever at all. Not because I know anything about it other than there's just young people working there. Um, the chocolate cookie was... It was a chocolate it cookie, was chocolate honestly. Cookie. Yeah. I, I did not get a big fudge fact. Fudgy, I do factor, I wonder, because we tend to have to wait to eat these until we're ready to film, and so they're usually not fresh out of the oven, whereas oftentimes they are quite warm still when you get them, unless they're supposed to be a chilled cookie. Like, I think the mint one, anything with, like, frosting, frosting on it has to be chilled so that the frosting doesn't melt, but they'll give you, like, a hot out of the oven cookie, and I think that one probably would taste it better. It would have been better. Yeah. But it was fine. It was just, it was, it was like a double chocolate cookie. And I'm like, yeah, very solid nice. Solid double chocolate. You want me to find you a piece? Oh, yeah. actually, this one's great right here. I was going to say, yeah, it works. It also, I believe, has maple syrup on it. I saw that. We elves like to stick to the four main food groups. Mm-hmm. Candy. Which also are not good for you. <laughs> nope. Ooh, it does smell good, though. This, like... Oh, yep. Mm. I will say... I was not on the maple bacon craze. Yeah, this is the best one. We knew it would be. Mm-hmm. We knew it would be. And this is the best one. This is so good. This is busting right here. Give us non-bacon options. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> but the bacon <laughs> bits are quite large, and so I will still be eating this cookie. And they're very good. <laughs> they're so very good. <laughs> I, I have a line in the show that I'm in right now that, um, like, I'm, I'm running around the stage trying to play Keep Away with one of the stars on the American flag. It's a wild show. You just have to see it. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, bacon goes with everything. And I'm, like, running away. Because I want pork to be the national animal. Oh. You mean, like, instead of the American eagle, you want pork? Like, not pig. Pork? So that clarification is asked in the show. <laughs> Just, I mean, like, it's an important clarification. I want to know if we're, if it's the dead animal. They don't leave you hanging on that. <laughs> okay. I don't feel quite so strongly about it. But I do think bacon goes with a lot of things. I was not on the maple bacon trend when it first came out, it we hit it really hard in like two thousand nine, and everything everything had bacon. Everything had bacon it was on like it. Chocolate like, and bacon. Yeah, like chocolate yeah. covered bacon, and like I don't. We were pushing it back then. I do think maple and bacon are an incredible pairing, oh, and yeah. because of how popular it was, I was like, I was very much a like contrarian when I was in high school. I'm like, You're, oh, bacon and maple. Still a contrarian. I am still a contrarian. <laughs> like that's as, not as hardcore. But I can admit something's good. <laughs> and maple and bacon, you know, when I was younger, I was like, everybody loves it. It's not even that good. It is that good. It tastes really good. It's a really great flavor pairing. Yeah, salty and sweet. There's Salty and sweet. There's a reason why chocolate-covered pretzels, all that kind of absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. It popular. absolutely works. Complements each other. And it's like the, it's the mummy of the bacon 
complements the sweetness of the syrup, but there's still a little bit of an oakiness in this. It just, yep, yeah, it's great. It tastes so good. Um, that one's definitely the best for me. Mm-hmm. And then I think actually it might be the Simpsons. I was going to say for me, it's next is the Simpsons donut. Yeah, it's it was very simple. close between that and the mint chip. But I, really, I do think yeah. I liked the experience of eating that cookie. I think best. if the mint chip, the frosting had been cut in half, they maybe yeah. would have been switched. But That's the frosting, valid. it is like a lot of frosting, and I'm not a huge frosting person. So that if you're a big frosting person, you, you might feel a little bit differently about that. But I mean, it's too I like late for you to try bit. these. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You snooze, you lose. When this we wait till the airs. last day. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, we post this the first day that you won't be able to buy these cookies. So this is not an advertisement, just so we're clear. It should be like, in case you missed the last crumble yeah. cookie batch. Here's what you missed. Here's what you missed. <laughs> um, I do think, yeah, mint chip is third, and then not a very far fourth. But the brownie better is worth it. Yeah, I think it's partially because I had a bit too high of ex- expectations for it. I wanted mm. it to be like brownie batter in yeah, my mouth in the middle. To be, no, and it wasn't I quite gooey enough. I guess they also probably, it's probably hard to get a ratio of gooey in a cookie that, that is, is, especially when it's that big, actually cooked. And like, you want to, yeah, not poison anybody. Yeah, I guess they have to be careful with that. Whereas, like, me, myself, I poison myself like, with... Like, put the brownie batter in the oven yeah. for five minutes just to get a I'm tiny like, crisp so around the edges. cooked enough that I can say I cooked it, <laughs> but yeah. I still want it to be... I Really, I just want to eat brownie batter, so there's no escaping those expectations. Valid. All right. Well, we're resolute in those opinions. I think that's the yeah. first time we've had a complete consensus on the show. I mean, we've only done three of these now, so. But it's very exciting, and yeah, these were <laughs> these these are the kinds of cookies that I like expect from Crumble. I'm like, we this want is something like, interesting. Give me something, something interesting. interesting. Give me something maybe a little weird. I don't yeah. know. The mint cookie did deliver on that. Yeah. Exactly. It's interesting. There's intrigue there. There's mystery. Who is she? Um, anyway, I think we'll go on to our regularly scheduled programming that Carly is actually a part of because we had our ducks in a row this week. Um, and you'll get to hear from our very special guest star, Toby. Yay! Yay! All right. Carry on. Hello, and welcome back to our scheduled programming. We are here today with a very, very special guest. Toby, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, thank you so much for having me on. I am Toby Everhart. I pronounce her they them, and I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yay, we're excited to have you. you. This is something that we haven't really done on the podcast in the past that we probably should just filter in as a practice. Um, My pronouns are she, her. Um, Toby and I actually met each other a long time ago doing an internship at a 
<laughs> Christian theater company that will not be named. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then I I skipped off to I think that was before I went to California and then came back. Yep. Um, so skipped off to California, came back, and we both happened to be in Seattle and actually by crazy random happenstance through our mutual group of friends sort of found each other again in Seattle. Um, and I'm so glad that we did. Toby is excellent. Um, and we miss them very much in this city, but there is a lot of, a, a lot of perfectly valid reasons why they're not here, but your, your presence is very much missed. Thank you. I, yeah, I, like we went to the Semler concert together. Yeah, that's year. right. Yes. We yeah. went to the Semler concert. Shout out Semler. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, can't believe I told them to watch Barbie Life in the Dream House. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Find out if they ended up doing that. I really hope they did. Here's um, <laughs> Yeah, that next day actually is when I made the appointment to start testosterone. Oh my god! So that was literally. Oh, that's wild that it coincided that way. Yeah, that's it was so like, cool. That concept was kind of like that last little tipping point, and I'm like. That's hey, fair. Planned Parenthood, what's up? <laughs> I remember you and them had a brief little conversation about binders, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I could tell yeah. that they, I could see the little scenes clocked it. That's amazing. It's <laughs> I, I hilariously surgery since now. Oh my god, that's incredible. Yeah, I need to follow them more closely on social media. Um, this is hilariously because I don't our our relationship does not really center around the church or Christianity, but somehow has like connected. Semler is a, is a queer Christian music artist. Um, and you should listen to their stuff. They're absolutely great. Um, but yeah, that it's, I, that's amazing that it coincided that way. Um, so the first segment that we do on here is just, it's just a check-in. We just kind of give some self-promotion or some updates about the week, shouting into the void. Um, so we'll go ahead and let's start with Toby. Toby, what do you have to self-promote, share with the crowd, what have you? Oh my gosh. Um, so recently I started this project kind of like, what if gay people had Cosmo magazine? I was a very, very big fan growing up. Uh, my favorite thing to do is like when they have, you know, 63 things to spice up your love life, you choose between a number like one and 63 and you have to read the idea in like your sexiest voice. I really recommend the parties. 10-10. <laughs> um, but uh, there's this one zine earlier called Fucking Trans Women, and that's kind of all we have to go on. So I was like, well, let's just, you know, we can either try and break through to these like big named kind of uh can't remember like traditional publications and pray or we can just kind of do our own thing so that was the idea the title is called fucking queers uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh <laughs> we had to get creative with handles <laughs> on social media mm -hmm. uh, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. you can find us at letter f letter k letter n and then queers on instagram yeah. and twitter uh We'll we'll that. link that on our social media too. Maybe even we could probably add that to our link tree. Oh, that'd be awesome. So link to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Grace can. I don't know how to work the link tree. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm also the social media. I got it. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm also uh, starting back up a newsletter that I do that kind of talks about the experience of being trans, either like this is what going to the doctor for the first time about HRT is like, or like 
this is my panic attack. I have sometimes about cis people I really just kind of run in the gamut of everything. And that's called Saturn's Return, which you can find at Substack. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for yeah. sharing that with us. <laughs> Carly, yeah. you have paid self-promotions. I'm in Disney World. That's true. I mean, not presently. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time this comes out to everyone else, I am not at home. That is true. <laughs> so I am hoping that I have no updates whatsoever and that I have let the world disappear around me and I'm not thinking about work or stressful things at all. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. You'll be a whole own country away. Yeah, as far as so I, yeah. I hopefully that is enough the flower shop won't be like, we have an emergency. <laughs> so that's the goal is that. I'm on vacation. <laughs> Fun stuff. Oh, yeah. We love that. What about you, Grace? What's up? I have very few updates since left. Up at uh, Red Curtain Foundation for the Arts in Marysville. Um, I do think you should come. I will, as soon as I know, uh, share the dates that we are doing talkbacks because I really think you should come on a day that we have talkbacks. There's a lot to talk about with this show. <laughs> I think that this is especially for around the other more important, I would say, even than the sale itself. But it's pretty fun for the Yay! Happy opening! Yes, that will be happening on March third, and and like I said, as soon as I as soon as I know the dates where there will be talkbacks, I will I will let everybody know. Um, and yeah, other other than that, I don't I don't have too many updates. It's cold here. I want it to be sunnier. Mm. Um, that's it's sunny in Florida. I know. <laughs> You don't have to remind me. Our other roommate is going to California too in a few days, and and then I will say my my dog Gremlin is one hundred percent a Seattle dog. He's like roughly eight now. Um, the transition to a Chicago winter has been rough. <laughs> um, we had a big snowstorm like right before New Year's. Bad time bad times but his like, coat is so it's it's <laughs> thin it's not it's not really funny <laughs> i got him like an l woods style parka jacket basically it's like hot pink and because his legs are so small and it's like you know like a padded like a like a puffy jacket he can't bend his and so they just <laughs> oh that's so cute i love it I'm just walking like, you, you know, if you pooped right now, we could be inside. This is you. Listen, I don't want to be out here either. But you're not pooping in the house. I live with two other people. We cannot be that no, guy. No, we can't have that happen. So we got to no. We got to wrap this up. I don't know if our microphone is picking it up. Our, the dog that lives at our house is being ill, right? Oh, we love her. But she's rude. <laughs> um hopefully she is not too loud and distracting for everyone out there um i think now that we've done some updates let's we can just jump right into the episode so today we are learning a lot about uh just what it is like to be a trans person and then also some of the crises going on in the trans community and how we can help out and toby is going to give us just kind of first and foremost, a basic rundown of their experience um, sort of over the past five to six years as they've as they've journeyed to transition or journeyed on transition. I phrased that so weird. I'm so sorry. Okay, listen, Take it away. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Rihanna's way of talking about 
gender and she was like and the the pronoun people I was like go off <laughs> go off <laughs> honestly I'll buy more Fenty I saw you try you're <laughs> like that's me I'm the pronoun <laughs> I'm the pronoun people I'm the pronoun with blue hair and pronouns but my hair is red um anyway I came out as non-binary in 2018 so it was during the Trump administration and it was right around the time when he was threatening a ban on trans people in the military. Um, I don't have the exact statistics because I forgot to look them up, but there is a sizable portion of trans people who do enter the military either to try and like, you know, beat out the femininity or kind of hide in masculinity or for the healthcare. So uh, that's kind of what was going on at that time. I started with she, they pronouns, but then one of the issues that people um, who will use she, they, or he, they pronouns will, will come across is like, people forget the they, them part. A great yeah. example is Elliot Page, who uses he, they yeah. pronouns. And while, yeah, technically you are using their pronouns, in my opinion, and everyone's different, if you can't handle the responsibility of choice, you don't get the privilege. So we went with they, them, and that's been totally fine ever since. Um, sometimes in uh, queer communities, people will have what's called conditional pronouns, which is like, if you know me a certain way, you can use this. Or like in this kind of community, you can use this. So that's kind of also a thing that happens sometimes in queer spaces or in trans spaces. I'll use, you know, he, him and stuff like that because in my experience, those people have more of a nuanced version and I can see that they're not just like slapping a they, them on a woman, if that makes sense. It totally yeah. makes sense. I, mean, I had yeah. some non-binary coworkers um, when I was working in uh, direct shelter work that would that would use the um, they, them pronouns with friends and and even with coworkers outside of the setting of work, but they're like, no, nah, please use, please use she, her at work. I'm not trying to get into that argument with any of our guests because that is it's it's just such a tense spot in terms of privilege and oppression and like I don't we don't need to open that door right now which is unfortunate but it makes a lot of sense it does and in my experience I when I when I came out as non-binary I was working at the Christian theater company um and, and so like experiences were had and so I from there throughout my professional career it really has been like a choose your battle so there was this one woman um, who came to America a few years ago. Gender is very different where she's from. And I was like, you know what? Vibes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like some <laughs> folks, it's like you give baby steps. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think sometimes it gets, uh, I, I sense like an anxiety from people who really want to be allies of like, I don't want to do the wrong thing. And I think there's also like trans people have an understanding of like where effort is being made. So like, yeah. This person you she her pronouns but i was also invited to like these major events in in her home and stuff like that and i was given traditional clothes to wear so you know it's kind of like a i see what you're doing and i will take it type of situation anyway yep. tangent um no that makes a lot of sense i love hearing about that and like it's it is good to know just that 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 kind of the standards flex especially with people and their understanding and obviously that's not the case necessarily for everyone but yeah the way I kind of put it is like there are as many ways to be a woman as there are women right mm -hmm. vast yeah. vast differences and the same can be said for men as can be said for non-binary and binary trans people so it's kind of like baby's introduction into like I'm gonna come across trans people who might not have my idea of what gender is it's because there is many ways to be whatever you want to be like yeah. the only criteria is to consider yourself that gender 
Absolutely. You know, um, which is so easy. It sounds scary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so anyway, I started HRT, uh, in May of 2022. I started on Mother's Day. (laughs) It's my birthday. Uh (laughs) uh, so I, uh, uh, the way I do it is through injections and injections. You can either do once a week or every other week, depending on if you're going in the fat or in the muscle. I uh, do the fat every week because muscle scares me. Uh, (laughs) So that's kind of what was going on there. And there are different ways to do HRT depending on if you're feminizing or masculinizing. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump in real quick. Um, Could you explain HRT? For those who do not, yay! Uh, HRT is a type of gender affirming care. It's called hormone replacement therapy. And there are some cis people who are on it too. Uh, You can consider like women who have PCOS, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so basically the idea um, is my body makes this hormone. I would like to replace it, please. And since my (laughs) body can't naturally make testosterone, I will put it in my body myself. And that can be done either for people who are on testosterone. That can be done either through a gel, through a patch, which are done every day, or through the shots. There are uh, countries in Europe where you do a shot every three months. We don't have that in America yet. Fingers crossed. I was going to say, I'm like, bummer. (laughs) That would be a lot easier. (laughs) I'm waiting for a transmasculine person who can sync up their, like, arm implant and their testosterone shot. Like, you know, a two-for-one special. That's that would be amazing. That's like going to get like all your vaccines in oh, one yeah. day. Like, That's a lot, but it's, you know. But it's one day. Right? Exactly. Well, it's like when I would go to the doctor, my mom would always go, what kind of new vaccines are there? And I would just get poked and prodded. <laughs> <laughs> just get a little like sample of like, Literally, I was like, oh yeah, there's this new, like there's this new vaccine. It just came out for this really rare disease. And I was like, do it. <laughs> okay. You um, know, you're like, what? It's, it, it couldn't hurt, right? <laughs> I mean, why not? I was like one of the first people on the um, the HPV vaccine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, my mom was like, "Do it, <laughs> like do it." <laughs> okay. Be on uh, the cutting edge of history. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's actually really ironic. So my mom, growing up, she had to like have her blood taken for tests and stuff, and she would always have us in the room because she didn't want us to be scared of needles. It did not work, and. <laughs> <laughs> So I told my mom what I was going to do. She was like, are you sure about that? Also, the Jelson Patch are like $600 a month. Whereas Mm. this guy, this little vial, oh, here's my camera, right here. Yeah. Ooh, we love a visual. You know, it's like for a three-month supply, it's $76 without insurance. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a massive difference. Massive difference. Massive difference. That is I was yeah. going to say, there's enough of a difference to get over, I think, giving yourself a shot. Yeah, you know what? We got over it quick. I'll tell you right now. You're like, yeah. 500 less dollars? Yeah. Um, and so the thing is, though, with injections is sometimes pharmacies won't give the proper supplies. So when, Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember I you started, saying something about this. When I first started, my um, syringes were three times what they were supposed to be, and my needles were twice as big or twice as long. Mm. Yeah. No. And so I also lived alone. So like if anything happens, it's on me. Um, and so it turns out you, you can't die if there's air in the needle because it goes in your fat. So if there are any trans people who are scared, we are fine. Planned Parenthood security. 
<laughs> that is true because it's not going into a vein. Exactly. And there are some clinics like Planned Parenthood and in Chicago, uh, there's the Howard, uh, Howard Brown Health Center. I think those that are in Halstead does as well, where they have injection sites. So you go in Ooh, and an yeah. expert the injection for you, which is amazing. That's that incredible. Is, yeah. yeah, because sometimes the sphere of needles can really hinder trans people on getting the care that they need. Absolutely. And it's a barrier that shouldn't be hard to break down. Like, it's just one of those that it, it's really straightforward to remove. So yeah, why not um, remove it? That's, so that's kind of what's going on. If you're wanting to do HRT the opposite direction that I'm going, there's an option for pills, which uh, mm. will sometimes in the community be called titty skittles, which I absolutely <laughs> love. <laughs> and I believe like you dissolve them under your tongue or something like that, and they will take estrogen and then sometimes what's called progesterone, which is common in birth control. Yes. Uh, if y'all yeah. remember the last episode. Nope, episode we, one. Oh, episode one. Oh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I forget where we are. Yeah. <laughs> episode one, uh, we talked all about estrogen and progesterone. So uh, call back. <laughs> oh my God. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, they have also like the, they have patches and uh, injections as an option as well. So that's kind of what HRT is. Um, you don't have to be on HRT to be trans because either it, you know, you don't have that kind of dysphoria or other kind of barriers. For example, really? if you, depending on your state and your health insurance, you might need a letter from a doctor to even get HRT in the first place. And as we had discussed in actually that same episode, not every doctor is going to be as affirming or even listen to their patients' concerns and needs. Um, yes. So that is that is definitely a barrier. Yeah. One thing I would recommend that can I think also help uh, this woman who experienced that issue is there are online databases of gender affirming doctors. And in my oh, yeah. opinion, from what I would think in the world, if they would affirm a trans person, they would also affirm you. you know yeah. what I, mean? I think you're right. Yeah. I think and that, that that goes. I don't know if they have the same databases for. I feel like they they must for like therapists and mental health as well. They do. Um, yes. yes. And it's kind of the same principle of like, yeah, if they're, when I was looking for a therapist, that was kind of on my checklist. It's like, are they, do they, do they profess to be um, uh, trans and queer allies? Um, because um, there's one website, I think it's G-A-L-A-P, like Gallup, and it's a database of therapists and mental health professionals who will sign letters for gender affirming care. Oh, that's incredible. Um, I, that's how I found my current therapist. I love them so much. They are now my life coach because I left the state. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You'll pry them from my cold dead hands. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do recommend if there is this woman who are having issues with doctors who aren't affirming their, their needs, especially with the Roe v. Wade stuff going on, look for doctors who affirm trans people. Right. I'll let you jump back into your, your story too now. So no now that we know. Um, uh, I also kind of wanted to bring up like with HRT, uh, it kind of has an autosave feature after a certain point. Uh, Interesting. Now, some things will reverse or stop completely. Uh, like if I stop taking testosterone, my voice isn't going to go back up, but it's not going to get any lower. It's just going to mm. stay here. Right? Fascinating. How, however, um, depending on how far along you are and things like that, the like body hair will change back. It'll go back thinner and things like that. Um, wow. will pause. I don't really think, you know, there are things you can do to get your hair back, but that doesn't necessarily work. 
I'm not 100% sure what the Uno reverse version of that is, um, but I recommend following Trans Women Online and they'd be more than happy to tell you all about it. Um, yeah. So that's kind of one of the things. And so I, when I went into this, when I started HRT, because just like a regular puberty, right? A natural puberty, you don't have any say in what you get. Right. What you get is what you get. So it's great to have these goals. It's great to have like, I want this to help my dysphoria, but to also think, okay, if my voice isn't as low as I want it to be, what else can I do? If I'm not right, getting exactly. I want it, what else can I do? Just like a cis guy would. Exactly. Yeah. There's, you know? there's things that, things that you're going to have to, you know, reckon with in yourself that you weren't necessarily expecting. Like you said, like a natural puberty. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of wanted when it's very interesting when you're with a doctor and you're getting like your levels tested every three to four months, for example, they go, well, what are your transition goals? And I'm like, I want to feel good. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to feel not like I want to die all the time. That would be yeah. really nice yeah. to and start with. The mental health. Amazing. <laughs> right. yeah. We love um, that for you. It doesn't cure anything. Turns out I'm still bipolar, but... <laughs> it's easier to manage your, your emotions when they feel like they're your own. Yeah, and so really fair. that's a really great way to put it. I'm going to have to listen to this and like, write that down later. That's... <laughs> yeah. um, and so I say that as somebody who just got back on my meds night and day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of the stuff that's uh, you'll hear sometimes with uh, HRTs and spe like specifically, um, which is just one of, gender, one part of gender affirming care is a major one that's being attacked right now, um, is you'll hear this phrase death before detransition, which I think will kind of lead us into what's going on now, if that's okay. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. I was going to ask the question, but it's, <laughs> we have an easy lead in like this, but let's take it. So um, this is according to Vice News. There we are, 2023 has already been marked as the fourth consecutive year um, where we have broken the record for anti-trans laws. So it, what would be considered an anti-trans law is something that would like um, hinder, uh, it would block trans people from receiving basic healthcare, education, legal recognition. So that can be like, you know, a name change, uh, a gender marker change, things like that. Uh, uh, school policies can be involved in that as well as the right to publicly exist. So for example, there's a, a bill, it's not a law yet. We still have time to call our representatives. There is a bill in West Virginia that basically says tr uh, people who were like, they don't say trans people. They'll say, you know, dressing different, blah, 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 right? Of course yeah. not. Yeah, because they're not going to name it. Which, so um, what it says is uh, you are basically like a sex offender and you can't be within a certain amount of feet from a school. Now, the way West Virginia is set up, you have to leave the state. There's a TikTok mm -hmm. create. Mm -hmm. They're like, you might be able to find one town, but also some of these trans people are parents. Oh, yeah. yeah they can lose custody of their kids. That's right. And like the the result being you have to leave the state or even you have to leave where you're living is completely unreasonable. I mean, it goes without saying, but it's completely yeah. unreasonable. Like, no, hardly anybody can actually accommodate that in their lives. There mm -hmm. are things that keep people where they're at, which is yeah. why which is why it's never an appropriate solution when there's a law made somewhere else that harms people to say like, oh, Let's move out of that state. <laughs> Moving out of state is hard. Well, and if you think about, there was a recent study, I don't remember who did it, about the, like the average uh, salary for trans people. It's around like $35,000 a year. Yeah. And so like, you can't, you can barely pay the rent on that, let alone move to a new state. 
Yeah, for sure. So much. Oh my goodness, I had to I presented to a class of like seventh graders at a private school one time. <laughs> the organization that I work at, which is a um, uh, an organization that serves unhoused families, and I one of the kids was like, "Why don't they just move if it's so expensive to live here?" And I'm like, "Okay, do you know about a security deposit? Because you're gonna learn today, kid." <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're like you picked a wrong day to ask that question. <laughs> and we're gonna sit here and we're gonna talk about it. Don't say that to a renter in the Seattle area. Bad times. Yeah. Don't even don't even start with I me, saw, Mister. I go to a private Catholic school in Bellevue. Yeah. So start with me today. I mean, even Bellingham's getting to like close to two thousand a month. It's ridiculous. God, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back anyway, to the other chaos. That's back going to the on. Yeah. <laughs> back to the other crisis. Um. So we did. I looked at. Uh, advice's like graphic that they had there was a spike of anti-trans laws in 2016 shocker yeah uh, things did like go while the hate crimes went up the actual legislation went down um, Interesting. in the years following but once we hit 2020 going onward it just keeps going higher and higher and higher um yeah i, I, mean, I guess say, you can uh, see that politically uh just yeah. with like grassroots conservative and right-wing organizations really working at the level yeah and i mean uh former president donald trump did his speech about how he's you know he's like his plan for what trans people are calling an oncoming genocide if not a genocide already um and he is the party front runner and it you know even if these bills don't get past the ideas people want them to and people yeah. know that they can get their constituents behind them if they even put it in the house if that makes sense it absolutely yeah. makes sense. I, the fact that it's even being considered at all and that there is support behind it is yeah. sobering. Not just in the sense of like, oh, it might someday, but in that level of vitriol and hate and lack of consequences and accountability. Exactly. I will say, luckily, uh, the states we're recording from, Washington and Illinois, have very similar uh, protections for trans people. And I don't remember Washington specifically, but Illinois has been working to make themselves a sanctuary state for trans people. So let's just consider mm-hmm. that real quick. Um, as well as I believe one or two weeks ago, uh, Canada basically said, we will accept trans refugees from America. So I would argue that in the first few years, we will see our first American refugee. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, It's a wonderful of Canada, but sobering to very sobering and then also like, this point, it's like how come you didn't do this in 2020 when right. George Floyd stuff was going on but that's a different conversation uh I can't speak on that I am white <laughs> <laughs> yes um but anyway so vice says that we have all this stuff happening right uh according to translegislation.com there have been uh, and I looked this number up last night uh so according to translegislation.com 365 anti-trans bills have been introduced in 38 states that does include Washington and Illinois. Jesus Christ. Of One for years, each day of the year. Yeah. We're not even done with February. That's that's upsetting. And that's you said that's just this year. That's just in 2023. Exactly. Uh, so of yeah. those, three have been passed, two in Utah and one in South Dakota. 29 have not made it through and 333 are still pending, which means they are either um, in one house or the other, or they are in committees trying to be formed. Uh, so that's what's going on with the general overhaul of those 365, 11 specifically restrict healthcare, which would include HRT that we just talked about. Yep. 
that would what they tend to do is they will market it toward minors, although there are some states who are making it as high up as 26 years old. I was 27 when I started HRT, and some people in the community would consider that late. Yeah, yeah. that's, I, yeah, 26. That's, you are so fully an adult. Like, I mean, but even kids, like, yeah, you, yeah. I remember talking about this with you a while ago when I, before I understood exactly what hormone blockers were, I was like, oh, it sounds really young to be putting, putting a kid through any kind of hormone therapy. And then Carly was like, well, wait, but no, you can like, it's completely reversible. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. It just puts like a little tiny pause on it so that the the child can figure out, is this the route I want to go on? Yeah. Or you know, more consequentially, it, you know, from my experience, as somebody, I didn't even know trans people was a thing growing up when I hit puberty, right? Um, and my experience was not great, but I also know it like was not as bad as others, right? Mm-hmm. And so what this can do is it can keep this child from experiencing a puberty that will only cause them distress. And in my opinion, will only cause them more money going forward. I have to pay for top yeah. surgery now. <laughs> you're like man if i was on this these hormones when i was a kid i would and like and i just, probably still would have gotten some sort of boobage but i'm a triple d these are right. not necessary you're like, right you're like now it's gonna be more expensive because i have so much going on exactly yeah. it's not fair no so that's kind of what puberty blockers are and even uh and they're also talking about surgeries now these surgeries for a minor are rare and mm-hmm. I would, you know, when we see this kind of stuff, remember like how bad the dysphoria must be for a medical doctor and at least one um, mental health professional to sign off on it, as well as mm-hmm. the parents because the child is a minor. So like exactly. these are really rare cases or reversible cases. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So many people would have to, there are so many options to be like, ooh, maybe it's not the right time. This seems a little extreme. And so many people have said, no, actually, this is very necessary. Exactly. Like it's it's yeah, so rare that that would somehow be a mistake. In fact, it's like like I can't imagine a situation where it would be. Exactly. And so kind of, you know, what we're telling these children when these bills are being brought up or even passed in some states is like, live in misery, wish for the best. But of course, by the time these kids reach 18, they will have passed a new law. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of what's going on. So here's what's passed so far. Utah has passed a ban on gender affirming surgeries and puberty blockers. There is a second one that is pending the governor's signature. So you'll hear about this coming up very soon. If not, it will have recently happened when this episode airs. What this does is it is a gender, a school gender identity policy. And so what that can entail, I haven't looked up this exact bill because I got to keep myself going. Um, yeah, I think yeah. not doing too many in one day is probably, exactly. probably smart. Uh, I'm really having to like renegotiate my relationship with social media. Um, mm-hmm. But what uh, this bill can entail is like, you have to use the bathrooms that you're assigned at birth. It can force teachers to out students. It can mm. force teachers to dead name students. And like, this shit is not cool. So that's what's going mm-hmm. on in Utah. And there are still two more bills pending right there in house oh my God. whatever. Now in South Dakota, there has been a, pay- a ban on puberty blockers and gender affirming surgery for minors as well. And there are four more bills still pending. And that's just yeah. two of the states. We're still in February. Absolutely. Um, two of the states still in February. And of course, like that, just because they are states where it's not entirely unexpected that something like that would pass does not mean that there are 
very real people in those states who are going to be harmed by these bills right now. Yeah. And it's like every time there's an election, that meme, don't make me tap the sign about don't forget the southern states still have people, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, people and still live there. It's dismissive of not only these people who live there, but their efforts. I really Absolutely. recommend this book by Samantha Allen, who's a trans woman. It's called Real Queer America. And uh, it talks about the solidarity and these movements of people in more rural areas. And she's been in Seattle pre-pandemic. I need her to update her signature because it doesn't have the right name anymore. (laughs) I can tell how old things are based on what name it's in. If I open up my delivery apps, I'm like, I haven't changed my lift. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I ordered a cab for you, but also here's the name you need. Right. <laughs> gonna be, I need to let you know. Jump scare. Uh, so, uh, what she kind of talked about is how sometimes in cities, especially more liberal cities, uh, when she was speaking in Seattle specifically, people can get complacent because we got our stuff. And this can lead in like multitude of different ways, right? But one of the ways is like, I got mine, fuck you. And one of the other ways is this complacency can let stuff creep up. Absolutely. That's, we see, I feel like we see that all the time in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, and in my opinion, Washington is just Illinois turned 90 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think in a lot of ways, you're absolutely right about that. I saw y'all growing corn and I'm like, mm, like hey, familiar. wait a minute. <laughs> no, that's in so many ways that is accurate. And, and I feel like in Seattle, in Seattle, especially there's this, there's this idea of a liberal bubble that is not it's not actually true and there's so much there's so much hatred and vitriol just like lurking beneath the surface even within the city not just the other thing that i think is underestimated is like we kind of view any harmful beliefs as coming from outside as coming from eastern washington south but it's in the city and that I've, i've had friends talk about um especially folks who are from other states especially people of color being like Seattle is a very hard place to exist in because you never know where you can exist and where's going to be safe for you because everyone says everywhere is safe for you but it's not true it's but it's impossible to find pockets of safety because there's this purported sense of like Everywhere's safe. This entire city is accepting to you. Like I don't know we put where or on our crosswalks. Exactly. I'm like I have just as much of a likelihood as experience, uh, experiencing a hate crime in Capitol Hill as I do in like Ellensburg. Oh yeah. I when I would tell people about the transphobia I would face even before starting testosterone or anything, people would be like, "Oh, but it's Seattle." I'm like, "That's not." No, no, no. In Seattle, there was a white supremacist rally in 2017, Vice wrote about it. And, yeah. you know, I, when I started HRT, three different pharmacies tried to kill me by giving mm-hmm. me either the wrong supplies or the wrong medication completely. How do you get this tiny, that is my microphone, this tiny vial <laughs> confused with a prescription bottle this big filled with tablets? Yeah, that's horrendous. Like that's not, going, it was Bartels. It was the Bartels mm-hmm. in Westlake, just so people, you know, <laughs> people no, the I Bartels on Westlake. Yeah, Bartels by the library downtown and the Bartels on second. Um, and I have been going to specifically only Bartels the whole time I lived in Seattle for five years. And it wasn't until I started transitioning that I got these issues. So anyway, right, yeah. 
why are people acting this way? Let's talk about the media. <laughs> yes, let's talk about the media. When some people, uh, when some of these politicians bring up these bills, they will cite uh, newspapers like the New York Times. And here we get yeah. to the New York Times. <laughs> I, I'm like, sorry guys, we're dragging you today, but yeah. hopefully. And while hopefully. the New York Times, they do, you know, we do all opinions and everything's balanced. Not necessarily. Uh, if you go to nytletter.com and click the hyperlinks and just kind of Wikipedia rabbit hole your way through, you'll see tweets of experiences from journalists who are cis and trans talking about how, like, yeah, okay, you wrote a really great human interest story. That's awesome. You took the, the whole word transgender out of the title. Mm. And if you know how SEO works, people aren't going to find that story. Yeah. And you're going to you're gonna tell me the New York Times doesn't know. So that happened. And then uh, a few days after a, um, I believe she was 15 year old uh, girl in the UK was killed where they had the JKR problem. People have quoted mm. JKR in laws in the UK parliament. Mm. So yep. it's on both sides. A day out, like a few days, I think it was a day after this girl was murdered by her two friends. There was this huge opinion piece in defense of JKR. And mm. that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back in the trans community from what I saw. Um, and so they, uh, there is this group called the Freelance Solidarity Project making an open letter. People like Roxanne Gay have signed it. Um, over 200,000 people have signed it like within the first 36 hours. Yeah. And basically it's like, hey, what you're doing is kind of garbage. And the New York Times said, oh, we got this information from GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D. They wrote their own open letter and said, we didn't give you this. <laughs> like, um, don't even start. Don't even oh, start. that, that. So, unless you know a trans person in like specifically the journalism community, says people aren't going to hear that. So that um, that's kind of like the most recent thing that's happened is this, hey, New York Times, please be more responsible as one of the nation's journalistic leaders. Absolutely. Um, I think the New York Times long has gotten away with spewing a lot of harm in in the defense of oh we print we print opinions from every every category we just want to have like a balanced news system. but but some of the opinions that they spread are directly harmful to marginalized groups of people like well that that's not balanced yeah after a certain point the tale is skipped against a marginalized person yeah. In the name of quote unquote balance. It's kind of like we talked about the newsroom before we started. Reporting. Yeah, we did. <laughs> when they talk about this idea of like, you know, fake balance and all of that, like that means you're going to have people spouting stuff that is not true. Exactly. And so when you come across just any in the like, if you ever come across any kind of like trans news and it seems to have a sort of bias, ask yourself, what does this person gain from telling the story? Yeah. You know? Um, you'll see this a lot with people who will detransition. It's a very hot topic in the community. Some people detransition, that's their own business. They're like, I tried it, huh. not for me. And I love that for them. What we have an issue with is when these people are grifters in the community. And so they'll be like, I detransitioned. And because I had a bad time, nobody's allowed to transition anymore. Right, we'll no one's allowed to do it. Republicans. So we can do the whole, like, this trans person said it, not necessarily. So right kind of what's happened within the last today is february 19th so yeah last month and a half last six weeks we're tired um and so what this has done Balance. again this has all only happened this year 
January 7th, we lost Jasmine's uh, star Mac in Washington, D.C., who was fully dead named in the police report. Uh, on January 13th, we lost Casey Johnson, who, or Casey Johnson was reporting missing on January 13th and was killed the next day by someone she met on social media. She was from North Carolina. Um, on January 23rd, we lost Unique Banks of Chicago, where I am from. Uh, and in that same shooting, two other trans women were attacked and put in critical condition. I did not look up what happened. That's not for me to know. Um, on February 3rd, we lost uh, Zachi, who was born in Rwanda and was residing in Kentucky. And then the most recent one uh, on February 11th, we lost Brianna Gay in, I believe, either Liverpool or somewhere in England. Um, so that's kind of what this cause and effect is happening, right? And again, these are only the reported numbers. These aren't people who are either closeted trans people or were misreported or not reported at all. Absolutely. So that's kind of what's going on. And according to, I love this name, according to the trans murder monitoring map. <laughs> yep, it's a, I mean, it's not inaccurate. Being trans is weird. Uh, and this is by a group called Trans Respect. It's a European group. Uh, we had 36 reported murders of transgender people in 2022. In that same year, the Trevor Project released a survey that said two thirds of LGBTQ youth say the recent debate over trans laws have affected their mental health. I am not an LGBTQ youth, but I will tell you in the last six months I spiraled because of this. And also yeah. I was not on my meds. A little bit of both. Um, but also I, having something like this, whether you're on your meds, yeah, the yeah. intersection of not being on meds is incredible. Like that's, that's something that cis people don't have to deal with when they're off their meds. They don't have to deal with something absolutely compounding on this spiral in the in same part, way. The reason I wasn't on my meds was because the place I was working at where I recently had to leave due to the transphobia getting, and also corporate garbage getting so bad, it affected my mental and physical health. I have chronic pain. Yeah. Um, and I, they, for whatever reason, did not have my legal name. I never filled out a W-2 for them. They asked me to confirm it. And when I changed it, their HR site fully dead named me because I haven't legally changed my name yet. Right. The laws in Illinois, we'll get into that later. Uh, sure. <laughs> so um, I was like, hey, can we change that? And they're like, oh, you need to call our third party that does payroll. I'm like, okay. I call them. They're like, you need to talk to your administrator or the IRS. And I'm like, okay. So I talked to my my lead and um, who had fully misgendered me three times in a meeting with higher up people. Right. So you're out here like, well, this can't be good. Yeah. After that happened. So I told my lead, I'm like, what do I do? And she says, call the IRS. So I call the IRS. 1040 is the last four, which made me giggle. I call the IRS. This great guy was like, I don't know why they're making you call me. And I said, I think it's because I'm trans. And he was like, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, I mean, me neither, but like, I we're are. starting to, the clues are so like, starting to narrow down. All of my tax forms, my health insurance were not in my legal name. Toby Eberhardt, according to the government, does not exist yet. There was a paycheck from November that was in the wrong name, and they withheld those funds until the day I quit. Mm. It was $468. Oh the money. God. I was speaking to the director about every other week about how I was experiencing this transphobia, and I said, this temporary lead misgendered me a lot. Um, I don't feel safe. And within a week, she was considered my permanent lead. God. Oh, my God. So they moved this person from 
Is that temporary weed too? And then they moved. Yeah. Oh, that's horrendous. After you said that you were experiencing. Yeah, that's really bad. So I had to, I was, I'm a, I was a contingent worker, right? Which means I work for a third party who's contracted by this tech company. Mm-hmm. So I reach out to this tech company and their HR group, um, this evil blue social media company that's literally responsible for a genocide in Myanmar. And I said, hey, I don't think you're going to like the ethics that are going on in your building. Um, so that's kind of what happened. Uh, and I am someone where like, I still have like, I'm still white. I, it gets worse from here, right? Is kind of what I'm saying, right? And if that's yeah. how they treat the white people version of this, it's only going to get worse, right? You're like this kid. This is terrible because I'm already experiencing atrocities, and I still have certain levels of privilege that afford me slightly better treatment than other people will get. Exactly, and like yeah. I took a social media break because I tried to defend trans people, and it was a bad time. Um, so I like went dark for about a week, and I was like, I think I can handle this now. I opened up Twitter and the first thing I saw was the murder of Brianna Gay. You're like, well, that was... Actually, I am not going on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't want to do this. That is, but in all seriousness, that's that's horrendous. And I think horrendous because it's not, it's not an isolated incident. It's not, it's not kind of a freak coincidence that those happened in conjunction with each other. I mean, it's only, like you said, it's only February 19th when we're recording now. It'll be a couple of weeks later when this airs, but not, I mean, not that much longer. And there's already been so much, and yeah, so and much harm. This is what I pulled within like an hours of research, right? Mm. Of research. So again, it gets worse. And I would like to mention that three of the people I named, at least three, maybe four of the people I named are black trans women or trans feminine people. Um, so that's really, if I can cuss, that's really fucked up. You um, absolutely can cuss. <laughs> that's, we, all of our episodes, there's cussing in that we, yeah. it's, it's explicit, yeah. which is always funny next to like a pink backdrop. <laughs> I'm very fortunate to live in a neighborhood of Chicago that is pretty gay friendly, but I also like, I still gotta watch my back. Yeah. You know? yeah. Especially I'm starting to get facial hair now. I shaved for the first time. You did? Panic attack. Let me tell you right now. Those men's razors have too many parts. There's so many. They're like, oh my God, what is this even for? (laughs) One of them, it looks like a piece of the razor comes off so I can put another thing in, but I can't figure out how to get it off. (laughs) Oh no. And so like, for a lot of us, you know, we might not have like a dad going on. So for our second puberty, unless you find another trans masculine person who has gone through this before, kind of on your own. Right. Like, I'm going to figure out this like, this. like most of my friends are trans feminine. So oh. I can help them out because um, trans feminine people will get ghost periods. Oh my God. Wait, what's a ghost period? Yeah. Where you get all the symptoms, but bad bleeding. Trans masculine people can get it too. Oh. Yeah. But for trans feminine people, since there's no uterus, it's in their intestine. Interesting. Oh. oh. There's oh, that's on really there's interesting. Breaking down a period for trans feminine people because your body has estrogen in it now. And what's estrogen going to do? It's going to be like, time to make babies. What do you mean there are no babies? That's really, that's really (laughs) fascinating also because that is how Curly, I mean, obviously Curly does have a uterus and so that's where pain is experienced, but not, but I sometimes will have those where I have all the symptoms, just a laundry list of symptoms and no blood. I'm like, this is terrible. I'm that 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 estrogen will just affect anybody in that way. 
Um, yeah, I mean, horrible. Garbage. <laughs> Any time cis people and trans or cis women and trans women can like have that shared experience, I think is something we should bring up because a lot of like this, they call themselves gender critical now, they're TERFs. A lot of what these TERFs will say is like, I have periods, I've had a baby. And I'm like, okay, first of all, there are several women who can't or don't want babies. And also these ladies are having periods. Right. And so like, it's also harder for these trans women because like, imagine calling your boss you know, if, who might know you're a trans woman going, I have a period. Will they believe you? Right. Yeah. Will they honor that? And Yeah. So that kind of gets into like, you know, okay, we talked about a lot of really bad stuff. Let's try and find some hope. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to Like, okay. So Speaking as the allies to the community, project. yes. <laughs> let's, let's find out now what we can do. Yeah. Because um, one of the things I get from cis people a lot is like, I don't know what to do. Right. So um. what I'm going to ask first step, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back to what happened in 2020 and we're going to go back to how we unpacked our because we're all speaking as what i used to be white people how we unpacked our racial privilege and understood how to implement that right the same thing can be said for cis people you know so it kind of comes down to like do the reading um a great way to do that is by using public libraries we're ha- experiencing a lot of book bans right now i just saw somebody talk about one happening in south dakota there's also one happening i believe in missouri where I have a friend who's a librarian. So what we wanna do is we wanna like request these kinds of books. We want to check out these books. We wanna like leave reviews. If there's a LGBTQ program, tell them, hey, I think it's great you're doing that. Whatever you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. If you can donate time or services or supplies, do it. One of the books I recommend starting with is Not All Boys Are Blue by George M. Johnson. I think, I believe uh, this person is non-binary, but mm-hmm. the most important thing is it is the second most banned book in the country right now. Wow. I don't know the first, but it's the second. And so start there. I also really recommend Transgender History by Susan Stryker. It talks about the history of transgender people specifically in America. And it's absolutely fascinating. I recommend this book right here, Non-Binary Memoirs of Gender and Identity, uh, edited by Micah Rajanov and Scott Duane. And it talks about people's experience of just being gender non-conforming and that book is what got me to like really settle into my gender identity. Fascinating. Um, there's also, if you're not a reader, there's a great podcast called Gender Reveal by Tuck Woodstock. And uh, Tuck considers uh, themselves kind of like a gender detective. And so they'll have trans and non-binary people on of all different experiences. Talk about what are you doing in the world? Tell them about your job. What, what's your experience with gender? And one of the questions I like that this person asks is, you know, what is your ideal vision of like the future of gender mm. yeah that's really can really sit with. Um, what, what's that one called again gender reveal podcast gender reveal podcast incredible yes. we'll have to we'll have to link them as well yeah um, i'm trying to remember i don't remember who wrote this book hold on there's this book called men women and the rest of us rest of us. i love that title that's really funny gender outlaw men women and the rest of us try and get the second edition because that's where the writer then incorporates the non-binary identity. Oh, amazing. Um, and it's by Kate Bornstein, who is also on social media. And her views, she started as a trans woman and then became mm-hmm. non-binary. And her views on gender are so nuanced. So the idea, right, is yeah. what are these people saying about themselves? Obviously, because we're getting outside information and it kind of sucks. Look at the New York Times. So let's get it from the source. We have that. Um, also, like, look up playlists made by trans artists. I think Spotify has two that are curated by the company. 
Um, so that's really great. I recommend Mal Blum. They're one of my favorites. Um, Mal Blum. There's a great punk band called She, Her, Hers. The song Gender is Boring, 1010. <laughs> um, and then also follow trans people just to learn about their life. You know, yeah. find your hobby. Is there a trans creator? Find a trans person you don't have anything in common with just to see what life is like through their eyes. Yep. And, you yep. know, it's about humanizing us. Um, and really find people with intersections, right? Uh, a lot of times when we mobilize, pun intended, we forget the disability community. And so um, that is absolutely. something that we want to definitely make sure. I love that people are following Dylan Mulvaney, but we need to really extend beyond that. Right. That is a jumping off point. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's it's a great accessibility point. As long as it as long as your activism and your interest, yeah. Yeah. Keep your energy up. Yeah. Because otherwise it's it, you know, it's very I'm not racist, I have a black friend. Yeah. I don't need that. Exactly. Um, I also really recommend, uh, I have a list here somewhere, or I thought I did. There's a, if you're on TikTok, there is a trans reverend who lives in West Virginia has been talking about what's going on there. His name is Reverend Oliver Snow. Uh, Oliver Snow. I'm looking up Oliver Snow right now. I will look up all of these people. Um, (laughs) their church also has a TikTok. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I really recommend that one. There is also, um, Aaron Reed, who does the Aaron in the morning accounts on TikTok, Twitter, probably Instagram, and has an Aaron in the Morning substack. What she does is she gives updates on what's happening with the trans legislation. She recently did this video about this trans masculine person, I don't know if trans man or not, who was speaking at a city hall meeting and took his time to do his testosterone shot. Oh, wow. That's really, that's incredible. When I say I cried, um, Oliver Snow is also uh, talked about a way that people can use their privilege. If there's a city hall meeting happening, reach out to the trans community and offer to speak on their behalf with their words. Wow. Yeah. It might be dangerous for them. It might be scary. They might have to out themselves. But if you as a cis person, that's a great free way to wield your privilege. Exactly. Um, You go, you speak. And the nice thing is you don't even have to come up with anything to say. You use words of someone else. You can just be the Mm -hmm. physical body because you're afforded more protection did recently in West Virginia. Yeah, that's Um, incredible. And I think at the end of the day, there's a strive to be perfect, right? Yeah. It's not going to work. We as three white people are going to say some really fucked up shit about race every once in a while. You know, cis people are going to say some fucked up shit about gender. And that just isn't what it is. The idea is to apologize, move on and do better. Because if you make it weird, we're going to like, really, we're going to get weird too. Yep. Um, and that just yep. is what it is. So that's kind of a baby's first intro. I do a lot of TikTok videos about way to be allies as well. Yeah, so. definitely follow Toby on TikTok. Is that yours? Is is the ever heard tarot? tarot. Yep. Yeah. And we will we will link that account as well. Um, but I believe that I we've shared well at least one because I shared one today. But hopefully, or already built in knowledge of that account. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so those are some just really quick ways. If you see shit, call it out, check with a trans person. Do you check with them first? Do you need yeah. help? If yep. they say yes, finish it. Yeah. If you have extra money, donate to GoFundMe's. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mutual aid, which GoFundMe is often kind of a form of mutual aid, is so important. The money goes directly to the person in need. As someone who works at a nonprofit, was yes. you're trying to adjust practices to make more of our money 
go towards the people who actually need it. It is, if you want your money to be used for the person who needs it exclusively, usual aid is the way to go. If you're in the Seattle area and you want to help the trans community, I founded the trans Seattle Trans Clothing Swap, which is a great Yes! Um, I was hoping you'd find somewhere to sneak that in because it is a really um, cool thing. They're currently, right now, on the 19th of February, taking donations uh, for clothes and stuff like that. So please check them out. They do a lot of great work, not only with this swap, but with connecting trans people to resources. Um, go through their following page and it'll give you all of the orgs in the area. And even if you're not in Seattle, I know Chicago has some, so just do some Googling. Yeah. What are trans people up to? How can I help? Yep. Yeah. And when we post about this episode, we will we will link these social media accounts. We'll get a we'll get a list going of them so that y'all can have a direct route to access some of these folks. And yeah, I think that's the best piece of advice that I got summer of 2020 that I think definitely applies here. And what you're saying is like, at the very very least, it is so easy to follow a bunch of a bunch of trans people or a bunch of people of color that I followed in 2020 it's like that's the easiest way to start learning to start getting on board yeah and then there's also lots of other ones you don't have to comment you can just boost their algorithm yeah I mean, it's not a big deal um so yeah that's really great uh if you find my when you find my tiktok you can go through my following I follow a lot of trans people of small and big sizes who um will either show ways to talk to cis transphobic people or just about their life. Yay. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, Toby. This was wonderful. I I learned so much today. And also it's wonderful to catch up with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I will come back anytime. You just tell me what to research. Wonderful. I think Googling might be like my hobby. I don't know. <laughs> I love right that for you. You have a couple of projects hopefully coming up that I think we, we may want to have a second episode where you kind of walk us through those because they're very exciting. Um, thank you so much. Yes, yes, thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day and, and hopefully we get to see you again soon. I hope that Chicago is not a uh, people. <laughs> Yeah. We're like this podcast and can't get enough of grace and carly's hot takes join us on our patreon account where we have video segments bonus content and every episode of the podcast completely ad free we have monthly memberships for three dollars a month or five dollars a month and if you commit for three months you can get an awesome sticker plus we will be sure to give you a shout out on our next episode head over to patreon.com forward slash so here's the thing and help us reach our goal of 10 new subscribers this season setting the bar high see you next time. Bye. Bye.